Welcome to this week's episode of the Print On Demand cast. Each week, join Travis and Josiah as they provide insight into the print on demand industry and equip you with the tools, advice, and strategy you need to achieve success and hopefully have a few laughs along the way. Now, on to this week's show. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the Print On Demand cast. As always, I'm Josiah, joined by Travis. And uh, Travis, this week I am. I made a little makeshift video. I posted about it in the Print On Demand cast um, Facebook group, but I have a little makeshift studio here mm-hmm. in my loft studio apartment. I could say I'm coming live from my studio, but it would be apartment. So we're here <laughs> another week of Print On Demand cast. How's things been going for you, man? Good, man. It's it's um, been a long weekend. Uh, you know, it was Fourth of July weekend this last yes. weekend, and. Uh, as we talked about last week on the show, we were, we were gearing up to do a market, a farmer's market on Thursday and, yeah. um, uh, well, that went really well. And, uh, in fact, I think we got a picture of it. If, uh, for those of you who are watching on, on the YouTubes, um, on the YouTubes. we're waiting. There it is. There it is. So that's the first, uh, first one that we did. And then the, uh, it went so well, we actually decided to go out again on Saturday to another market. And, um, that was pretty awesome too. And so there's, there's my wife and, um, yeah, so we did kind of two markets. So it was really crazy. And then, you know, obviously then it was 4th of July and then the next day. Um, so on 4th of July, our church did kind of a, um, like a carnival kind of thing, you know, and sure. uh, yeah, some, dunk, I saw some pictures, some dunking booths yeah. and the like, yeah, all that stuff. And so, um, my son actually decided, Hey, I'm just going to bring the booth again. And he set up the booth and, um, at oh, the nice. carnival and, and we just did it. So literally three markets, um, over the last, you know, over the course of three days. Uh, so that was busy. And then, um, I'm in a rock and roll band. Yeah, that's right. And, that is right. Uh, we played on July 5th, Monday. Uh, so today's the 6th. Um, spoiler alert. I know I always peel back the curtain. Josiah always <laughs> chastises me for it, but I'm um, just trying to keep it real <laughs> with the listeners. So, yeah, it was a very long weekend. A lot of, you know, being outside and on my feet. And, uh, and then we came, you know, since it was a, a long weekend, it means it's a short work week. So right. you come in on Tuesday and uh, everything's piled up. You know, all the orders are piled up. And then also we're planning on doing more markets. So now we have to kind of inventory and decide what sold, what didn't sell. And we're going to talk about all that stuff in uh, the main event this week. But um, overall, the markets were a success. Um, nice. There were some there were some leads that were created. As a matter of fact, uh, I've sold two things since then, and I have a meeting with a wholesale, uh, a lady that has a Colorado store, kind of a touristy store sure. that wants to put some of our stuff in there. Um, so we'll see where that goes. But I mean, heck, if I can break even and get leads like that every single right. time, that's uh, totally right. worth it. So overall, it was a success. I know. You also had a very busy weekend. Yes, How it was, was nuts, man. It was, uh, you know, thankfully my my nephew and uh, his, my cousin and my sister and my mom, uh, you know, came down for the fourth weekend. And so, as the saying goes, many many hands make light make light work, right? So, <laughs> uh, yes, we we got everything moved and situated into our new space. And so now it's you know just getting. All the logistics ironed out, you know, today was our first, you know, actual day in there. And, you know, like you, it's a holiday weekend and you have orders piled up and backed up and like, well, got to hit hit the hit the ground running. Uh, but in yeah. a new space, you're going to discover like, oh, OK, so when you have some electrical issues, maybe we need to address and, you know, yeah. stuff like that. You know, it's all the stuff that you don't think about when you're just stoked and excited to move into a new space and you don't really know. <laughs> The, the 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 landlord the owner says yeah you'll have plenty of electricity and it won't be an issue and then you know within the first hour of the day it's like hey how come all of our heat presses are not working <laughs> you, know I mean? so you have to you have to address those issues trust um, but but verify yes exactly <laughs> that is so true trust but verify so yeah man it was and we'll get into more of that again uh, in the main event as well uh, but overall. Great weekend. Had a lot of fun yeah. on the fourth. Had family mm-hmm. over. Had friends over. Grilled out. I made so apparently 
I make really good quesadillas, uh, according to my nephew. So I, I, they're chicken fajita quesadillas with some bell peppers and onions. And I just soak the, the, uh, chicken in like a fajita seasoning type thing. And so I, I made those for everybody on the flat top and they were a hit. So, uh, it's the one thing that I can cook besides, you know, like toast and cereal that I feel and, and quesadillas aren't even that hard. So I'm, I'm always, <laughs> always very surprised. I'm like, that's a good quesadilla. I'm like, it's really hard to make a, well, a bad quesadilla. <laughs> if you're, if you're, if you're cooking cereal, you've got a problem to begin with. So let's just start that's with what that. I thought I couldn't get it. I couldn't get the right crisp. I was too soggy or just burnt, but I couldn't get the right crisp and it was driving me crazy. Uh, but you know, yeah, man, lots of, lots of good things, uh, in progress. And, and speaking of good things, I sent you some texts over the weekend, a little, you know, talking about peeling back the curtain, which for you, the listener, I never chastised Travis about peeling back the curtain, uh, but, (laughs) uh, peeling back the curtain a little bit, you and I are starting to toss around some ideas about some shirt designs for perhaps a POD cast merch store, uh, you know, in, in September, uh, well, we will be on the one year of the show, which is crazy. So we're thinking maybe, you know, after a year of inside dad jokes and references and the occasional information, uh, maybe we should have a merch store and, you know, see if people uh, want to uh, support the show that way. So for those of you listening, that that's something that's in the works and we're, we're super excited yeah. about it. And I sent Travis some some designs uh, that to get his opinions on what you out there in the the uh, print on demand multiverse would think about uh <laughs> these shirts which is i have to remember it's how i'm referring to our listeners now in the print on demand right. multiverse mm-hmm. it's good and you know we we even talked about adding a new segment um to our show um a really short yeah. segment and um i think we should just give it a try right now sure. josiah sure. what do you think yeah should we do go. should we do our new segment yeah we should right, try well, it. let's just do it we'll go for it let's just so we're officially launching our weekly dad joke segment right now. <laughs> Josiah, you gave me several before, but go ahead and just uh, enlighten our listeners right now with a, a, our weekly dad joke. Time for the weekly dad joke. So, Travis, do you know how to organize a space-themed party? How do you organize a space-themed party? Planet. And that is the first edition of this week's oh, yeah. dad joke of the week. And there are going to be more coming to you each and every week. So you're welcome in advance is basically <laughs> what I'm saying. Because I know as much as you guys you know, might shit on the idea of dad jokes, you're going to use that at a party. <laughs> and then you're going to tweet, you're going to Facebook message us about it and thank us for the oh humor we have endowed upon you. So that is a new segment. I, we're probably going to have to have a couple bumpers for it because I know Travis yeah. and he's going to make it happen. Amen. So uh, it's, it's a thing. Uh, so yeah, so that's it for the dad joke of the week. Let's move into our point of interest, Travis, which I think is actually interesting to see that it happened. I didn't know that yeah. this day, I mean, you, I didn't know it would come. I didn't know this day would come. So why don't you tell the people what this week's point of interest is about? You know what time it is? POD cast coming at you. The point of interest. The part of the show with Travis and Joe Sia tell you something you should know. The point of interest. So grab your paper and pen and jot down some notes. Let the learning begin. The point of interest. Well, today, July 6th, Jeff Bezos officially steps down from his CEO role uh, at Amazon.com. Look at that, that handsome young guy. Look at him. uh, 57 years young. Um, I guess he's got bigger and better things to do, such as blasting into space on July 20th when his company, (laughs) his his other, his company, Blue Origin, uh, it's his space company, and uh, they have a, their shepherd rocket they're going to actually take their first flight on july 20th right. so. and now you know why i picked the space themed dad joke exactly boom all it all connects together. but it makes yes. sense that he would step down as a ceo before he blasts into space because as we all know the last time a civilian went into space it didn't go so well i don't know it if didn't. that's too soon but after 20 years uh they Either made a documentary way, like you said yeah. earlier and so i, feel like I guess that's, we're just that's the Statue yeah, of limitations when they make a movie about it. So either way, we'll say it was challenging. <laughs> <sighs> uh, 
Okay, so in, in his place will be uh, Andy Jassy. He'll be the new CEO. He's been with Amazon since 1997, and he, round, he ran the cloud-based side of the business known as AWS, which I'm sure, you know, if you sold on Amazon, you've been on Amazon for any length of time, you're very familiar with AWS. Um, and it is a $1.7 trillion company. Travis, if, you, if, if you're Andy Jassy and you've been given the keys to the kingdom, what are you thinking right now? Are you overwhelmed? I mean, I, I'm sure, I, I have to be sure that this has, you know, been kind of in the plans for quite a long time. I'm sure Andy sure. knew for quite a long time that he was going to, you know, be the heir apparent. Um, yeah. So I'm sure it's not really a shock. And I don't think, I, I'm sure he kind of got through his jitters. I mean, AWS is a monster company. I mean, just of, yeah. in and of itself. I know it's part of Amazon, but I mean, it's a monster. It, you know, it houses Netflix and some of the biggest online, yeah. you know, uh, cloud-based services that you know of. They're on AWS. And so he's he's no stranger to a large um a large market share business so right. i think he's probably going to settle right in um we were talking about you know what changes this could mean for um you know merch by amazon or you know sure. seller central or any of the other type of things that you know people of our the listeners of our podcast might be interested in and we've come up we've come to the conclusion that we have no freaking idea what's going to change. <laughs> no, <laughs> I mean, we just can't, we don't know. I mean, we don't know anything about this guy. We don't know. Yeah. Um, first of all, to be honest, merch by Amazon is, is, is while it's growing exponentially, it's a small piece of the puzzle when it comes to all of the Amazon uh, ecosphere. And then, you know, the, the seller central side of things, um, you know, if it, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So I don't think we're going to, sure. you know, they're not going to like, cut our legs out from under us any more than they already do on a regular basis. So, <laughs> right. So I don't know yeah. if, unless you have any other thoughts on, uh, I don't, I don't, I just, do. I'm wondering, you know, the scene of the lion King Mufasa takes Simba to the top of pride rock and says, everything that light touches is your kingdom. And then Simba says, what about that place? And he's like, no, Simba, you must never go there. What is that dark place in the Amazon kingdom? Do you think <laughs> <laughs> that? Is a great question. I honestly, I, I would need to take some time to ponder that. As a matter of fact, I think <laughs> what we should do is we should post this to our listeners in our Facebook group. And, yeah, no, uh, this I think will, it's a great idea. Yeah, another shameless plug for the Facebook group. We'll post that. We'll get some funny answers, and uh, maybe we'll share our own thoughts on that. I don't know what that dark, dark place of Am. There's a lot of dark places on Amazon, but I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not yes. sure. Yeah, uh, I just want to know: is it is it is it merged by Amazon? Is it, you, the re reason I thought about that is because you said it's a small piece of the Amazon kingdom, and I thought that's what triggered the uh, the question in my mind. So, so does Travis have an answer? It looks like Travis I, may. I have. I have, maybe I have thinking. a thought. So, you know, Jeff Bezos takes him up to Pride Rock, uh, takes Andy Jassy to pride rock it shows him the kingdom says you must never go he points he says you must never go there he was actually pointing to space and he was oh. like you can't go there because i'm going there and if you go yeah. there it will steal my thunder and i yeah. am jeff bezos and you know i so you can't to you can't touch the new parrot elon musk <laughs> you can't touch the space program but right. we can have everything That's, else what do you guys think? The list, what are you guys listening? What do you guys think is that dark <laughs> space uh, in the Amazon kingdom? You can get in on the conversation, print on a mancast.com slash Facebook. Let us know. Uh, and then if any of you can possibly at all photo, give us a photoshopped image of uh, Jeff Bezos, Mufasa and Andy Jassy Simba. Uh, we'll give you a free shirt before the merch store is out. I don't even oh, yeah. care. That's, a, that's amazing, and I want to see it happen. So if you can make that happen, print on com slash Facebook. We'd love to see it. So, uh, yeah, man, it's, it's it's crazy to see that that changing, and uh, it's interesting to see where it is going to go or where Amazon will go under its new leadership. Right. Um, and now Bezos is, is worth an estimated $200 billion, which crazy. Absolutely insane. Yeah. And he's not even the yeah. richest man in the world. And that's just nuts. Right. Yeah. I mean, Amazon's just, just 
literally shot to the moon um, in this in the COVID period, you know, as everybody shifted to e-commerce, um, there's reports that, you know, we, we basically shaved off six to seven years of the e-commerce trend as the, you know, e-commerce was slowly gaining ground yeah. on retail. Uh, we shaved off like six years in one year, um, because of all the lockdowns wow. and the shutdowns and everybody just was more, um, they were okay with it. And, you know, yeah. we're not going back. We're not going to go backwards. It's e-commerce sure. is here to stay and it's growing and it's growing at a clip that is exponential. Um, and Bezos net worth is following it and Amazon is following <laughs> it. Um, yep. so if you, you know, just to kind of bring this all home, if you're not selling on Amazon, um, you really, really, really should consider it. If you're already selling on Etsy, it's it's basically the same. Um, the yeah. listing process is different, but it's still, you're the seller of record. You list the products. When they sell, you sell them. Um, you know, there's, instead of paying 20 cents per listing, you pay $40 a month, but you have unlimited listings. So right. um, Amazon is the king of the jungle, <laughs> um, pun <Yeah>. intended. And <laughs> so uh, consider, you know, consider jumping on, uh, on amazon.com, um, not just on the merch by Amazon side, but on the seller central side where you're actually right. the seller of record. Um, it's, it's, it's really worth it. So, so yeah, so that was today, Jeff Bezos stepping down. Um, before we go to the point of interest, I, or I'm sorry, the main event, I did want to mention one thing about last week we had Jiro from Vexels on and yes. he announced we had a two week, um, uh, kind of, contest if you will and you have one week left from the airing of this episode which will come out july 7th you have until july 14th to take advantage of the 30 percent off deal that jiro uh, provided us and to get your name entered into this to the drawing to have your entire subscription fee refunded so yeah. um so far we j we literally just before we press record we checked and um there has been one person <laughs> <laughs> who has taken advantage and bought a uh, lifetime membership. And if yeah. that, if that stays the case, that one person is going to get a free membership. It's so refunded. yeah, yeah, totally refunded. So if one other person joins them or yeah. her, it'll be a 50, 50 shot, et cetera. Yep. You do the math, but um, you have one week. We just wanted to let you know there's, there's only one subscription so far. So there's a great chance that you could win, um, you know, however much you invest, yeah. if you do a year, you'll get the year back. If you do a lifetime, you'll get the lifetime back. And that's printondemandcast.com slash vexels to see that. And um, like we said last week, it's a great company. They have really great assets. We wouldn't yeah. promote otherwise. Um, you know, we don't, we don't promote anything that we don't use. In fact, I literally downloaded a mock-up from vexels.com today to send to a customer. Um, yep. So we are using it in our businesses and uh, it's a good service. So I'll leave that there. I just wanted you guys to know that you have one week left before that uh, timer kind of expires and you don't have a chance to earn or to, to get that full thing refunded. Sure. Absolutely. So don't let that one person, just get away scot free. Go in there. <laughs> your 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 chances are great uh, to get that subscription. And like Travis said, you know I've been all over that Vexel site in the last couple of weeks. I'm downloading mockups and designs, and it's just an, it's such an amazing tool to have for your business. So right. avail yourself of that. See if you can get that for free. Again, put on a mancast.com slash Vexels. So with that, Travis, let's move to the main event of this podcast episode. This was kind of stemmed out of conversations we were having about your, you, you know, the markets and the vendors, mm -hmm. basically you being, you know, being a vendor of those markets and us moving into the new retail or our new, our new warehouse space. Uh, and we had this conversation kind of spark about the idea of workflows. So we're going to yeah. cover that for this week's main event because workflow is very, very important. One of the reasons why it's so important is to have a specific workflow implemented 
is it's going to save you time and it's and time is money, right? So right. that's one of the really important reasons. If you have a business and even even if you're just a one person show, uh, you have to have a workflow implemented to make sure that what you're doing is the most conducive environment for productivity. So, mm-hmm. um, Travis, let's get into it, man. Let's get into workflow for this week's main event. Yeah. So I, I think not only does it save you time, um, you know, which which could save you dollars with your labor if you have, you know, employees or, you know, a lot of people we've talked about val- valuing your own time. So yeah. technically when you're working, you are labor. And so sure. by by being efficient with your workflows, you're saving money with your own time. Um, yeah. And then it also, it makes that process. If you, you know, if you document these workflows, you really think through these workflows, um, and put them down somewhere, it can make the process easier for, uh, for your new employees or for somebody that you eventually want to hire. Um, we were talking about this before we pressed record and we you know, were talking about how McDonald's is a great example of yeah. documenting all of their processes. So when somebody comes to work, it's like, you know, page 84 in the handbook and just read the right. first three pages and then you're qualified to run the fry machine because it's literally <laughs> push this button, take this right. out. You know, it, it's a very documented workflow. Yeah. Um, and in fact, they, they made a movie of this, yeah. uh, this, you know, the, the whole process of how McDonald's kind of came to be and, um, called, called the founder. And, um, which was, it was, it was Batman as Michael Keaton, as Ray Ray Kroc. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Why don't you tell them about this uh, picture you've shown here for the YouTube viewers? Yeah. So this movie, I haven't seen it. It's really, it's really fascinating movie to watch. If, If anything, just to hear and learn the history of McDonald's and how the actual founders of McDonald's, got the short end of every stick possible (laughs) uh, in that business negotiation because, because Ray was such a, uh, just a shyster, man. He was, he was a good wheeling and dealing. So he was a shark. So what you're seeing here in this picture is uh, they line up. It looks like in like a tennis court or basketball court or something like that. Uh, And so you can see that they have kind of laid out the workflow and having their employees walk through this workflow and in the scene in the movie you know they redo it multiple times they'll be frustrated and see something doesn't work and okay let's come off and they'll wash off the chalk and then they'll redo the whole thing mm-hmm. so this when we were talking about workflow this scene was just like this came screaming to my memory because i thought yeah. it was such a cool moment in that show to, to to kind of demonstrate the importance of the workflow because for mcdonald's it was get them in get them out the most people served right. how can we do that efficiently and not sacrifice quality. Now, some could argue, and I might agree that as time went on, they sacrificed the quality and still kept the great workflow. But uh, that was the whole point of this scene. And I thought it was just really, really cool to see them work that out. Yeah. So in it, for those of you who are listening, basically, like he said, there's on, they're on a tennis court and then they've, you know, taken tape measures and, and measured every, you know, like the multi-mixer, the fryer, the griddle, and they've, you know, used the tape measure to, to make those squares, the exact size of those things. And then they brought in their employees and made them basically mime making the things so they could watch, okay, how many steps does it take to get from the griddle to the front counter or, you know, or to the, to the, the, the station where you put the stuff on or, or whatever. And, and they just measured all that because they wanted to make sure these workflows were really, really thought out and, um, and efficient. And so, um, so yeah, so that's, that's one example of a workflow. So there's several kinds of workflows and it, it, I mean, a workflow is a workflow, I guess, but the, the, the different kinds of workflows are going to depend on your desired output. So what are you trying to accomplish? And McDonald's example, of course, they were trying to accomplish efficiency, speed. They wanted to cut down, uh, the, the scene right before that, um, overview of the, you know, the tennis court, they were talking about how to get, you know, a burger into someone's hand in 30 seconds versus like, I think it was like four and a half minutes or five and a half minutes or something like that. And that was how they shaved off all of those seconds was by really examining it and going into the nitty gritty details um, and figuring that out. So your desired output is going to determine your workflow. Um, So when we're creating a workflow, 
there are some steps that we can take yeah. and, and, you know, full transparency, we Googled these, but I, I kind of <laughs> want to go through them and then, and then maybe talk a little bit about each one of them. Um, yeah. Because I think for print on demand, we can maybe give a little bit of insight in how we've used these uh, different steps um, and what we've done to implement, you know, specific workflows in our businesses. So sure. let's kick it off with uh, the first one. The first thing you want to do is you want to identify your resources. So yeah. what do you have to make all of this, you know, to make, make this work? So you may need to buy some things. You may need to buy a, a table to get that press up higher. Or in our right. case, what we did uh, for some of our, um, some of our workers, or we bought table extenders. So we've got, you know, just the regular six foot tables, six by 30 inch tables. And then we, we, <laughs> I didn't buy them. I literally grabbed some PVC at the, at, at a home Depot and cut, like, I don't know, I think it was 12 inch tall things. And we just, you know, four for each table and it raises it up a good, you know, eight, 10 inches. And so you don't have to have your, you know, you're not hunched over. So identifying your, so that's, that's one way of improving a workflow and identifying your resources saying, I don't have any PVC. So I need to get PVC. I need to cut them to, uh, to size. Is there anything that you can think of where uh, you guys had to kind of identify a resource that you had or didn't have to improve a workflow, Josiah? Yeah, I think one of the things that we worked on recently was uh, we're improving the workflow when it came to printing sleeves. Um, because oh, okay, yeah. sleeves are very difficult. Uh, they can be very difficult to print on a, on a DTG uh, you know, a printer. So, so we've actually pivoted to an entirely new solution, but before that we had to identify, okay, what's the issue and how can we make this quicker? Because sleeves were taking way too long mm. and the, the amount of time and labor that it was taking was, was actually getting to the point where it was like, is this even worth it? Or do we need to charge $6 instead of, you know, three or whatever? Like, cause this is crazy and it's not, it's not <laughs> fast at all. So, you know, one of the things we actually did was, you know, using equipment that we already had, uh, it was a hat press actually for sublimation. We figured out mm-hmm. you can pre-treat the sleeves, cure them on that press in 40 seconds and then print them and the fibers are, it's flat and it just runs super quick. Wow. So we got it, we got it dialed down quite a bit and now we're actually implementing um, Transfer Express because this client that we have does a lot of volume of the same stuff. So now we just have screen printed transfers and now it takes us mm-hmm. literally six seconds to do a sleeve. Uh, so wow. that, that was another, re, you know, another way of, of refining resources. But I guess another resource that had to be there was <laughs> the volume to justify investing <laughs> in those screen printed transfers yeah. um, as well. I, I would say too, when you think of resources, you do think of equipment and you do think of, you know, stuff like that. But I would say also, you know, the manpower, the people, yeah. you know, the resources of labor. If this is getting to the point where you can't do it by yourself, well, it might help the workflow when you bring someone else on and have them as a resource just kind of help expedite the whole process. So I think that's another way, another thing you can think of when it comes to your resources that you have available to you. Yeah. We'll talk about a little bit more about my experience with the market, but that's very applicable to that particular thing. Do I have the resources, you know, the human resources to be able to go to these different markets and be, you know, potentially even in multiple markets at the same time. I don't know that that'll happen, but, but you get the idea. Yeah. So the second one, um, the step, second step in creating a new workflow is going to be to list out the tasks that should be accomplished. And this is just, you know, pen and paper or, you know, computer and keyboard, whatever, whatever your preferred mode is of kind of brainstorming and really get into the details. And this is hard. This is the hard work of creating a workflow. You have to think through every single thing that goes from a, you know, from the start of that process to the end of that process and go through it all, write it all down, um, because what you're going to do in the next step is you're going to write, you're going to figure out who's accountable for sure. each one of those steps. And if it's you, you know, if it's, if you're a solopreneur and you're the only person, well, guess what? Your name's on every line. <laughs> you, you're accountable for it all, baby. Um, yeah. But if you have, you know, maybe you have, so in our case uh, for our company, um, we have one person that orders the stuff. 
Um, and then we have a different person that produces the stuff and ships the stuff. And so if, if the person that's getting the order, you know, um, the person that's going to eventually produce it doesn't share with the person who's going to order it <laughs> that they need a particular garment or a particular product to print on, well, that order's never going out. So there is a workflow that has to take place um, that we've had to basically step-by-step step go through and then say, okay, you're accountable for getting your needs for, we call them NAs or not available. Sure. Uh, so all of the NAs, all the NA products you need to get to the person that's going to order. And then the orders will come in. And then when the orders come in, that person will check them in and make sure that we got all the things. And then they will yep. hand you, or they will say, Hey, we got an order in. you need to check your NAs then it's back to you. And so everybody has a different piece of accountability um, sure. as we go through that stepped list. And the sure. more people you have, you know, maybe, maybe you have a warehouse uh, person that's in charge of checking it in. That's different from the person that orders it. They need to yeah. be in communication to say, you know, there has to be something that's set in place for that as well. For us, it's, we print off the order sheet. And then when it comes in, we literally check it off as we count yeah. inventory quantities. I'm sure you guys do something similar, but yeah. all of those things have to be thought through who's accountable, what's going to happen in this workflow. And it has to be really detailed. It's very important. Um, yep. so yeah, that's, that, that's, that's, uh, you know, that's what we do. Um, I'm sure it's similar in your guys's case. Just yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, we have our production, we have our shipping, we have our sublimation, you know, tax and departments and, 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 and producers, you know, I, myself, I handle a lot of the ordering and checking in and, you know, making sure the inventory is where it needs to be as far as, you know, the, the sheet we use to track it. And uh, but it, delegation is is really important because you yeah. can hire someone on, but but if you can't delegate responsibility to them, you're not really taking much off your plate. Uh, mm -hmm. You have someone that can push a button, uh, mm -hmm. and a lot of people can push a button. Uh, you could be pushing that button. You know what I mean? So <laughs> yeah. if you have if you have someone there working with you. Um, you giving them additional responsibility and assigning things and accountability, uh, is, is not only good for them to feel like they are in charge of some stuff and they feel like they have responsibility and, and, and leadership to some capacity, uh, mm -hmm. but also good for you because you train them and you get that off of your plate. So right. it's important to let people know what they're accountable for what they're responsible for so that when there is that miscommunication uh, between a production saying, Hey, I don't know, we don't have this product. And the ordering person says, no, we do. I, I told you they, they know where to go and they yeah. can usually resolve it amongst themselves without escalating it to you who you right. have other things are working on. So um, super important to let not only make people accountable, but let people know who's accountable for what. So when they have questions, then go the right way. So um, I think that's very, very important. The next step, we already kind of talked about this next step in that McDonald's example, mm -hmm. but to create a workflow diagram, to visualize the process. This is something that we did uh, when we moved into the new space. We got a piece of paper and kind of drew out like, okay, this is, you know, the inventory section. And then once it goes to there, here's the pre-treat and, here, you know, whatever. So you draw out that mm -hmm. whole thing. Knowing to a certain extent that you're going to probably tweak and refine you're gonna, stuff. You're going to break it. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because on, on paper, a lot of things look good on paper, right? right. Like, you know, like communism looks great on paper, but when an, implica <laughs> an implication, when, when you practically play it out, it's a shit show. It's never worked. So, uh, so, so uh, a lot of things look good on paper, but you have to actually implement it to kind of refine that process. So, yeah. Um, I'm sure you guys did that too. When you went into your new space, there was probably a lot of, a lot of diagramming happening to figure out what's going to go where and what the best flow is. Yeah. I mean, you joke about it all the time. My whiteboard back here to take over the POD world. <laughs> I mean, it's just always, it's always got a diagram on it, you know, because that's how that, you know, actual, that's, that's a great example of, you know, writing it all down, making a little box and kind of that Venn diagrams and, you know, what, sure. what, all of that stuff and just bubble, 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 line, 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 and connecting <laughs> the dots and all of that stuff. Um, so yes, we absolutely did that. We still do that and we still break those processes yep. and we, you know, um, and, and literally like 
the last step, I, I'll, I'll like let the cat out of the bag. It's to reevaluate all of these workflows. And so, you know, that's kind of what you're, you're setting yourself up to, you know, you only have a limited amount of information when you're, yeah. you know, diagramming these things and you, because you've yeah. never tried it. And, sure. and as a matter of fact, the very next step is to test the workflow that you created. Mm-hmm. So you create this whole thing, you've diagrammed it, you've identified all of these things and you're going to test it and you're going to see if it works because eventually there's, you know, for us with, um, you know, we implemented order desk for capturing orders from our clients and, you know, and we've yeah. gone through so many iterations of that, trying to figure it out. Uh, luckily we don't have a whole lot of people that I have to like go back to and say, Hey, uh, we're doing it this way now. <laughs> and, yeah. and a lot of things that I, you know, I can kind of, there are more internal things that I can kind of tweak behind the scenes that the customers sure. don't even see. Um, but yeah, so once you're, you're testing this thing, um, and, and, and you're basically just seeing if it works, if it's going to get the outcome that you actually desired. Um, sure. and then from there, you're going to need to train your team on the workflow. And for us, yeah. um, you know, we have virtual assistants that are, you know, live outside of the country. Yeah. And then we have staff that, you know, come into work every day. And um, I think when you're training your team, it's communication is, is key. And it is a challenge to train your virtual assistants. Sure. Um, or that you have to like record videos or type yeah. up things, all of that yeah. versus just kind of walking over to John and showing him how to do whatever the thing is or explaining sure. it to him, you know, sure. in person. And so that can be a challenge too. I don't know. How did you guys, or how have you, or how do you train your team on your workflows? Yeah. So VAs is a lot the same. I mean, I, I do a lot of videos um, kind of, you know, showing the big screen and then, you know, small box in the corner of my voice kind of overlaid mm-hmm. explaining, you know, this is the workflow on how to list on Amazon. This is how the workflow to, you know, submit designs and that kind of stuff. So, uh, but when yeah. it comes to the uh, actual training, we've actually developed what we call the, the, um, we call it the, the production Bible basically. So mm-hmm. it's a training manual where it shows them, you know, this is, this is, it writes out, this is what the process is. And then we take, you know, the first week or two and, and train them and walk them through it. But if they have any questions, there's this pamphlet or this, you know, brochure or packet there that they can look at. And then it touches on when you're printing a shirt, make sure that it's like this and this, at least this size. And so it kind of details shirt, pillow, tea towel, sign, yeah. that kind of stuff where, where it can all be located. So we do a lot of hands-on training, not only mm-hmm. on how to, produce items, but the workflow and then try try and explain the reasoning behind the workflow. So they understand, they gain a better understanding of why we implemented it. And we're not just asking them to jump through hoops that Mm -hmm. because they they might say they might think it's dumb or they don't agree with the workflow or they have a a suggestion. But if you share with them the reasoning and what the, like you said at the beginning, what the desired outcome is, um, it can ha- kind of help them refine their suggestions by what we're trying to reach, you know, the final point is. So um, so that's how we, we yeah. train a lot of people. And then, you know, the next step after that is just deploying that new workflow, again, knowing that you're going to have to refine it and it's going to have to be revised and you're going to have mm-hmm. to rewrite it. And it's not one of those things like with Orderdesk or even with us with Deco Network, it's one of those things where, there comes there's this temptation sometimes when we have to revise it again to be like well this just isn't what i want this isn't this isn't going to meet the needs it's not what i thought it was but mm-hmm. you just have to refine the process for yourself it, it, all, all the tools are there in the software or in the product that you're trying to implement but sometimes you have to continually revise what that looks yeah. like on your end so the next step would be just deploy it get it mm-hmm. practically you know implemented and kind of see and watch for the hiccups and watch for your employees who, mm-hmm. you know, are intelligent and they know what you're, you know, you know, they know what they're doing. And so if they have suggestions, don't just bat them down, listen to them. And because they might see something that you don't see, cause you're not, you're not in the, the trenches as it were, you know what I mean? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. And it's important to give them that freedom to be able to say that and kind of empower them to be able to speak up and not just kind of follow your every whim and command, you know, you want to make sure that they know that they are a valued um, 
resource and their ex- their experience and their uh, their experiences matter because you're trying to create this thing. So for right. us, like when we as we've been implementing the uh, order desk, we we basically moved our Etsy store, which has less volume than our Amazon or our Walmart. We moved it over to deploy the new workflow but test for bugs. And so mm. as we've been doing that, we've been working very you know, tightly with our VA who is unfortunately at this point doing two workflows because we have the old <laughs> workflow and right. we have the new workflow. And we're, we're, but we wanted to make sure that the new workflow worked before we moved right. the majority of things over. Um, and so that's, that's kind of a sub point, I guess, when you're deploying, if there's a way to, to deploy it slowly, I think that's wise because um, sure. like we've said, there's inevitably something that could potentially break. And you, if, if you can, if you can break it in a small way, it's better than breaking the whole dang thing. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So then the next obvious thing is, you know, like I said earlier, the last step um, to creating these new workflows is to reevaluate that workflow yeah. on a regular schedule. And so this, this could be something that really is it, it's very, it's very easy to, you know, Oh, I finished that task and I never have to look back again. <laughs> it's very easy right. for a CEO or a president or, you know, kind of an entrepreneur person just to see the next thing, you know, the next task and go down the road and accomplish that. And, and that's good. That's a, that's a skill. Um, that's that, that benefits your business. So the, the, t- so to kind of mitigate against not looking backwards, put that, you know, kind of a regular schedule on your calendar. So it becomes another task that you have to perform later. You know, maybe every three months, every quarter, we look at this and we just go through it and we say, and we ask the question to all of our people, you know, is this working? Is there a better way that we could do this Um, and make that part of your to-do list, I guess. Um, Because it's very important that you follow a regular schedule on these workflows too, because they will change over time. Even if, I mean, you could get a new piece of equipment, you, you know, something could change on one of the platforms that you're selling on. I mean, there's so many different things that could happen. So, um, so yeah, just make sure that you, you have a regular schedule to reevaluate that workflow. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And again, like we said, you know, we started this main event. The reason that we had uh, wanted to talk about this is just based on our conversations before pressing record and mm-hmm. you know with myself moving into the new space and yourself with the farmer's market kind of two different um examples of, of why workflow is important i know you know with us we had like i said drawn it out and we had it all mapped out and even in the setting up process we're like yeah this is going to flow really well and then today our first full production day in the new facility our production techs were pointing out like this isn't really going to work and we noticed stuff like mm-hmm. oh yeah that isn't quite as seamless as we thought it would be and so we had to readjust some stuff and kind of rearrange some things to make it easier for the techs to do their job uh without mm-hmm. you know costing uh productivity uh so yeah. it's again one of those things of like you said you feel like okay we know we got that done we already set it up it is what it is and now i got to focus on setting all this other stuff up in this new space. But if, if your if your workers aren't, are being productive and aren't getting stuff out in a timely manner, uh, pretty soon you're not going to have a lot of volume to you know, <laughs> help you, help you stay in this new, uh, new where new production space. So that yeah. was, that was, you know, our, our thing, our whole day today was just kind of revising, reimagining yeah. and, and trying to find solutions that we didn't know existed because again, it was just on paper. Yeah. So tell us about, you know, your farmer's market example. How, how, how was that figuring out the workflow, the setting up, the tearing down, the staffing, the products? What was that like for you? Yeah, it, it's still a work in progress, but uh, there were several things that kind of came out of the farmer's market that we realized, oh, we don't have a workflow for that. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, I mean, it happened so fast. So we knew we were going to do it, but we thought we were going to actually do it this next Thursday and not last Thursday. So it kind okay. of... Um, so everything went kind of from uh, 90 miles, 90 miles an hour to, to kind of a race to the finish. So we could actually have something for sure. uh, Thursday sure. night. Um, and then, you know, as if that wasn't enough, we decided, Hey, we're going to also do one on Saturday that has different <laughs> designs in a different city. So we did one in Erie, Colorado, and we had Erie based right. things. And then we did one in 
Louisville, Colorado. And so we needed Louisville. So Friday was like crazy too, just getting ready for the Louisville one. So right. um, the one thing that we realized and we actually, um, you know, kind of st- took steps today to begin was, you know, we need an inventory for what we have. That's, you know, just kind of the general stuff. And then what's for this market. If we're going to do this market, we need these things. If we're going to do this market, we need these things. And, and so just that whole organization, we didn't have that down dialed in because now when we've, you know, after we sold through things, we need to go, what did we sell and what do we need to replenish? And then what are some ideas for things that actually did sell well that we can do more of maybe with different designs or whatever. Um, So that's, you know, kind of part one, just the internal inventory issues that we didn't really have a workflow for. And so we've got to basically figure that workflow out. Um, Then the next thing was, um, ordering. So someone comes up and they say, Hey, I want that shirt and I want it in a small. Well, we already sold our smalls or we don't have any. How do we capture that sale and not just let that person walk on? Um, And so there's a lot of things that we need to think about. How do we do that? Do we have it? We were originally thinking, well, we'll do order forms, but at a farmer's Mm -hmm. market, it's really hard to, it's hard enough to get them to commit to just buying the thing that's right there to also have them fill out the stuff. It it just, it doesn't really work in that environment. um, The way you would maybe hope or think that it might, Um, at least for us, it didn't. And so we we're having to reimagine that, how are we going to capture that sale? And so we have some ideas to kind of go through that. And then the third thing is how do we, um, how do we follow up on potential leads that we get? So, uh, you know, uh, I mentioned, you know, early on in the show that we, you know, we've already sold two things that happened kind of after the fact, um, you know, that they called in and they said, Hey, I wanted this one thing. And this other guy was, he was a total custom shirt that he wanted. And, and so, you know, I designed it today and we're going to, you know, he's, he's already paid for that shirt and he's going to pick it up in you know, a few days. Uh, and then how do we, how do we follow up on those things? And, um, it, because some people are coming up and saying, Hey, I work for, you know, the school or the city or whatever, and I need 700 of X. Okay. Well, how do that's a big lead. And I want to make sure that we have a workflow in place to not only follow up, but potentially even bring that, you know, how does that work into our existing workflow where it's mostly e-commerce? Yeah. Um, Now we have these local things that we need to kind of integrate in there. So there's, there's this two sided thing. And so it's really kind of had to had a step back and go, okay, we need to dedicate some time to really thinking through this. Um, so yeah, so that's basically the whole reason we, we said, Hey, let's do a (laughs) thing on workflow because we're both in the thick of it. (laughs) Yeah, no, totally. And it sounds like, you know, part of the things that we had to address here, you know, in the last year or so is, yeah, we're predominantly e-commerce, but then, like you said, we've had, you know, some conferences and some people say, hey, like we need 800 of these shirts or 800 pieces total. Well, bulk jobs and e-commerce print on demand, really two different business models. Two different business know? models. <laughs> right. So, so you have to, you have to like develop the other facet of that because inevitably, you know, people don't understand screen printing, D- DTG, whatever, whatever. Right. So they're going to ask you, hey, I need, I need 800 shirts. Is that doable? And you're like... I don't want to say no under any circumstances. So we need to figure out how to facilitate this thing. And so that that's part of that is just figuring out, because that's a whole different workflow from the invoicing yep. to the inventory, to the mock-ups, to the art approvals, to the design process, yep. completely different. And even, even at some points, the pricing, because it's being paid for up front. And a lot of that labor is on the e-commerce side, isn't even there. So there's, there's a lot of that that needs to be figured out. Uh, and you're right. Yeah. This is why, we were, uh, this is why we wanted to talk about workflow on this particular episode. And if you guys listening have uh, ideas on workflow, uh, let us know. Again, we're going to do another shameless plug here for the uh, <laughs> Facebook group. But we really would love to know if you have ideas about workflow. If you want to give us a tour of your facility or your production space, mm-hmm. I don't care how big or small or whatever. I would love to see it because it's always cool to see how people have things yeah. set up and, and to get to get more information or more ideas. So if you guys want to share that with us, uh, we would we would love that. Printondemandcast.com slash Facebook and let us know some workflow ideas that, that you might have. I think that'd be fun to see, Travis. 
Yeah, I'd love to see some, you know, even if it's your desk, you know, yeah. <laughs> you just take a yeah. picture of your, you know, your monitors and all that. That's, that's cool. Yeah. So share that with us because, um, literally, you know, a year ago at this time, that was my workflow. It was like, everything was done yeah. at this desk. And then, yeah. and now here I am, you know, a year later, it's totally different, but, yeah. um, yeah, please do share, share that guys that, you know, and maybe if you have an idea for, you know, for me, for how to, how to kind of do some of the things that I was talking about with the, with the markets. I'm, yeah. I'm open to I'm open to ideas. We we've got some things in the works and, uh, but yeah, I mean, I think, I think that's the whole benefit of the Facebook communities that we all learn from each other and, uh, share with each other. And, um, so we would encourage you to, to go there and, you know, yes, get involved. Yeah. Please do. Please join the conversation again, print on slash Facebook uh, and let us know what your workflow looks like. So uh, for that, that is the end of this week's main event, the end of this week's episode. Thank you guys so much for listening and being a part. Again, if you have any other suggestions, questions, the Facebook group is the best place to ask us those questions, or you can email us info at printondemandcast.com. We'd be happy to Mm -hmm. uh, start a conversation with you there as well. As always, we are available on all the major podcast platforms, Google, Spotify, Google, Stitcher. I said Google twice. Apple, Spotify, Google, <laughs> Stitcher, uh, any of the any of the major podcast platforms, wherever there is a podcast, the POD cast is there for you as well. So thank you guys so much. Remember, remember, printondemandcast.com slash Vexels. You have one week. You have one week one to week. sign up and avail yourself of the amazing resource that Vexels.com is. And don't let that lucky one subscriber right now just walk <laughs> away with his money and still get all the benefits. Uh, challenge him. Uh, step up to the plate. We'd love to see uh, to see some more engagement there. So yeah, printonamancast.com slash Vexels. Don't forget, one week left. Uh, and with that, for Travis, I'm Josiah, and we'll see you next week right here on the Print On Demand cast. See ya. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Print On Demand cast. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you've got a question or a suggestion for the show, send Travis and Josiah an email at info at printondemandcast.com. Take a minute to rate and review the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. And don't forget to subscribe now so you don't miss next week's episode. See you next week. Travis. Do you know how to plan a space party? I totally can't. That was terrible. Oh, my gosh. Mm. I don't even know. Okay, listen. Okay, we're going to try that again. That's going. That okay. is going out in post. That will be an outtake. Yes, that will be an outtake. Show. Exactly. <laughs>